the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Mission Life Podcast. Today we are at the NRB event in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have an opportunity to sit down with Doug Hershey. Doug is the author of Jerusalem Rising, the City of Peace Reawakens, and the administrator and owner of Ezra Adventures. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. So obviously you have a huge love and passion for the country of Israel. Can you Mm. take us back to when did that first begin to awaken in your life? You know, it was uh, probably as a as a teenager. I was raised in a in a Christian home, and and um, I, I'm I tend to be a very sort of practical, tangible thinker. And so I, the the light bulb at some point came on for me and went, wait a minute, there's a country in the Middle East called Israel, and there's Israel in the Bible, and it's the same, like, th- it's the same family, it's the same bloodline, <laughs> and so for me that was. You know, that was sort of the a, a light bulb moment, I want to say, probably in you know, my teen years. And at that point, I thought, you know, well, if that's the case and if that's if that's the family of Jesus, uh, I'd like to get to know his family because, you know, that that makes sense. You know, when you when you get to know uh, a, a spouse or a close friend, you you find that their family is hugely influential in getting to know them and who they are. And so for me, that was sort of where it all really began. But there was always something for me that that was just always drawn through the scriptures of just reading about King David, the, 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 the kings of Israel, how God you know, led them through, um, through the wilderness and bringing that. That was always something that was just always sort of an, an igniting point for me. That's always something that I always just really connected with. Wow. And so from that time that you became interested in it as, as a teenager, when was the first time that you, you went yeah, the first time to to Israel. In fact, I mentioned it a little bit in in Jerusalem Rising at the very beginning. Is that I, I had this moment. I was on a on a, a bus trip. I want to say it was twenty twenty one twenty two, was my first trip there, and uh, stepped off the bus on the Mount of Olives, and it's just this beautiful iconic view. If you've never been there, you've probably seen photos of from that exact location, just lo- overlooking the Kidron Valley and the old city and. And I, I just kind of took a moment and stepped aside and just kind of let the let the moment sink in. And I, I began noticing um, these white puffy clouds rolling over the city. And, you know, there was noise and horn honking and people yelling. I mean, it was just it's city life, you know, but it just I was really struck by these white clouds. And I thought, you know, those white puffy clouds just look a whole lot like the white puffy clouds that roll over my house back in the States. And again, it was sort of this moment of like, wow, this is this is real. Like this isn't a story, uh, like a bedtime story. This isn't something in some, uh, you know, cerebral prophecy, um, you know, mindset. This is a real place with real people, real problems, you know, real horn honking and yelling, but also real, very real prophecy about what God is going to do in the city. So again, that it, it, it became a very real and very tangible thing. And that was, you know, on my first, first trip at, at 22. And at that moment, um, I, in fact, I don't remember anything else from the trip, from that particular trip, you know, 20 some years ago for me. Um, uh, I, I don't remember much else of that trip. I remember that moment and thinking, even if I have to wait 20 or 30 years, I know where I'm coming back to. And it just, that was something that it just, you know, I, I, I can't say that's when a, a specific call began, but it was just something, I don't know that, 
that it was uh, anything that was dropped into my my heart as much as something that was already there that just really came to life and really brought some clarity for me. Wow. Yeah, when I talk with a lot of people that have been there, we haven't been there yet, but we, we plan on going. And people just say it just comes to life, that kind of yeah. to your point that it's no longer just a story in a book. It's no longer just this image in their mind, but they see that it's very real, that they can touch it, they can feel it. And in a sense, there's just almost, a, 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 not, I don't want to say a lingering, but a, a, a continual presence of God. And uh, that things just become so different in their minds. And, and so I know that through Ezra Adventures, your, your tour company, you take, uh, you take guests, you take people to Israel. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about from your perspective. You, you felt that yourself that first time you were there. But tell us, tell us kind of what it is like to observe other people going through the, uh, going and experiencing that their first time. Yeah, it's it's a great question because um, you know when it, it, clearly like if if you if you've never been there, you don't have anything to really base it on, and you kind of sort of imagine how things are. But um, you know, it's it's as real as you know sitting at this table here talking to you guys. Like there's just there's something that's that's very real and very tangible that you know, like everyone says, the Bible really does seem to read in living color, and you know after that, and things really begin to um, become real because. Uh, again, it's not something you're reading anymore. You're walking in it and you're living in it. And so with, with my company, Ezra Adventures, the, the whole point wasn't just, let's put a tour company together, but we, we primarily focus on small groups. And I say small, like six to 12 people on tops. Uh, there's a lot of places I can take a group of 10 or 12 people that I can't take a group of 15 or 20. And these are really smaller, sort of intimate sort of connections with the people on the land. But But even more so isn't just to go... Uh, you know, go to Israel to see where Jesus walked or see where King David or, you know, whatever. There's, yes, we do those things, but the fact is, and this is some of what, what, the, uh, what the photo book process or the, with Jerusalem Rising and my first book, Israel Rising, is the, the, the theme of ancient prophecy, modern lens is the theme of the book, is that when, when we take people to Israel, uh, it's not just seeing the, be- the biblical sites of the past, but we were walking through the things that the prophets talked about that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so we, well, I often make the point you know, on day one is that, okay, you didn't come to the land of the Bible to see what happened in the Bible. You're, you're coming to the land of the Bible to see where the Bible is at right now. Like we're living in Bible times right now. The things that Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, pick a prophet, uh, they all talked about what's happening right now. And that's, that was, that's what we focus on when we take our groups there is not just saying, here's this site, here's that site. But this is something that Jeremiah saw ahead of time. And, and these vineyards and Jeremiah, when he says that, you know, the, again, the, the vineyards of Samaria will be planted and the planters will enjoy its fruit. From the, time that, from the time that Jeremiah spoke those about those particular hills, there's never been vineyards up until about 20 years ago. Hmm. And so, wow. so to take people there and to say, you know, this is, you know, if, you know, whether you drink wine or not, like this is, this is liquid prophecy that we, that you're like, you can, you can literally taste the, what Jeremiah was foreseeing. And that's all over the country. That, that's everywhere if you know where to look. And if you are familiar with, with the prophets, if you're familiar with, you know, the, what the old, old covenant prophets talked about, much of what they're talking about is happening in a very real and a very tangible way. 
And so when we're taking groups with Ezra Adventures, <clears throat> we focus on that primarily. And of course, with the photo books, uh, Jerusalem Rising is the second in a series of the Ancient Prophecy Modern Lens series, which, again, takes, takes these ancient things that are so unique and gives visual aid to it. Now, you mentioned the vineyards in Samaria that Jeremiah spoke about. You know, just for the listener who's just starting to learn more about this, could you give a couple more examples, um, prophetically, what is going on, and just highlight a couple things that have stood out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my first book, Israel Rising, uh, the, the ancient prophecy that I used is from Ezekiel 36. And Ezekiel 36 talks about when, when the land of Israel is is that when Jewish people are not in the land of Israel, the land will be desolate and, and the cities are destroyed and it'll be a mockery of the nations. But when the Jewish people start returning, the land will put forth fruit. The, uh, the, the land will be cultivated and sown. Waste and forgotten cities will be rebuilt. God will regather his people back to those cities and that there will be thriving life again. And so uh, in the first book, you know, we took these old photos from you know, the 1880s to the 1940s to show that the land really was desolate and empty mm-hmm. and shot, you know, reshot the angles to show how much has revived, not just, you know, a, a new place being built up, but it's happening exactly the way prophecy said. So Ezekiel 36 is one for sure in that this is a land that um, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, there's eyewitness accounts from Christians and Muslims and Jews talking about how desolate the land is, how that it doesn't grow. You know, Mark Twain comes through in 1867 and he says this is, you know, there, there's there's not a tree to be found. Wow. I mean, there's just, there's nothing. There's literally nothing. And today it's, you know, there's, it's thriving life. And, and we forget, you know, we, we often will judge uh, in our minds history through our own lens. Hmm. You know, of like what we see and how we, you know, but we forget that, you know, there's been generations, six, seven, eight, hundred, nine hundred, sixteen hundred years before us that we're seeing and walking the same lands. Uh, so that's one in particular, you know, a, 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 one of the most repeated promises uh, in the Old Covenant is that God will bring his people back to the land that he promised Abraham. Hmm. And so, and aside from Bible prophecy, there's there's never been a particular people group that have been on a piece of land and then forcibly removed and then came back after 70 years or so to the same piece of land and then scattered to the ends of the earth for 2,000 years to come back to the exact same piece of real estate. Like, that's an anomaly in human history. That has never happened before. And it's one of the most repeated promises in the scriptures. And so just the fact that that uh, Tel Aviv it was built in 1909. There's absolutely, it was built on sand dunes on the Mediterranean coast. It was a Jewish city built for Jewish people returning. And so, you know, I, 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 when, I'm, when I'm taking uh, groups through uh, Tel Aviv, you know, I'll make the joke is that, you know, that, uh, you know, this is the only city where you can't get upset with, uh, you know, with the traffic or the people or the, the traffic jams because you're literally stuck in Bible prophecy. Like Jewish people are coming back to this particular land that was promised 3,000 years, 4,000 years ago to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, okay, it's great that they're coming back, but just in the scope of human history 
any recorded human history, any people group, any land, nothing like that has ever happened before. And it's one of the most repeated promises. So just the fact that there is a nation of Israel today that is thriving with Jewish people that continue to thrive and that are changing the world through technology and medical and this. And I mean, it's just, it's not just like, hey, you know, Israel's back. Maybe Jesus is coming back soon. This is something that is, is fulfilling one of the most repeated promises in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so whether we're going with Ezra Adventures or these photo book process, you know, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, you can do a book, you can do a coffee table book. That's great. You know, to me, it's the, the vision was much larger is, is to document the fact that the things that Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, you know, Zechariah, everybody, the, the things that they talked about are happening right now today. And you know, because of photos, because of videos, we can start documenting at least, at least the very beginning process. I'm it, certainly not, at a, you know, not making any uh, estimation to say this is that and now it's done and it's complete. I mean, this is a process that it's ongoing, but it's happening right now. Hmm. Wow. Looking at the cover of the book right now, it says Jerusalem Rising, Ancient Prophecy, Modern Lens, and the City of Peace Reawakens. Can you tell us a little bit more about your inspiration for that title and those types, those words to put on the front cover? Yeah, the the Ancient Prophecy Modern Lens series, again, the, the, the first one was called Israel Rising, where we did um, uh, shot... Uh, then and now photos from all over Israel from 25 different locations and it was during that photo shoot actually we had chartered a helicopter and did some aerial shots over Jerusalem to to match up Mm -hmm. some of these old black and whites and it was during that flight that I thought like you're in a helicopter you're looking down on Jerusalem and it's just it was just sort of surreal for me it's like I I have to like I have to do another one like I have to do this again and so Again, we, it's the idea is we're looking at these ancient prophecies and we're documenting it through the modern lens. And so Jerusalem is just such a unique city for millions and millions of people around the world. Uh, whether you are a, a Bible believer or not, uh, it's been a significant city through, through the ages. And so, um, again, it's uh, w- with some of the photos that we have of Jerusalem, some of the oldest photos of Jerusalem ever taken were from 1844. Um, and so we recreated some of those photos for the first time ever to oh. track down those exact locations to, sh- to, to try to shoot and to show what has happened. That's 175 years from the time of 1844 to 2019 when we did the photo shoots. Uh, and so... So for me, again, this, it isn't just so much of a, you know, it's a cool then and now book. You know, any, any city, Nashville can look, you know, it looks better now than it did 100 years ago. But the fact is, is that Nashville doesn't have any prophecies from a couple thousand years ago saying this exact thing would happen. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem does. The whole nation of Israel does. And so, again, to me, it wasn't so much of a, hey, it'd be cool to do a then and now book you know, in Israel, but... But as Bible believers, as those that believe that God is fulfilling his word, as those that believe that the Bible is significant, historical um, documentation of God interacting with his people and interacting with all of the people on earth and that he actually has a plan for where things are going. Um, again, we're at the beginning stages of that and we're in that process and, and um, you know, it's, it's all leading somewhere. 
you know, Jerusalem isn't being revived just to, you know, put some nice flowers on the wall or, you know, or, you know against, a, against a house. I mean, it's, this is a city where God says, I am returning to, to dwell with my people, and I'm going to rule the earth from here, according to the scriptures. And so for the first time, since really since the time of Jesus, this city is being revived in a way that it's, it's, it has not happened in 2,000 years. Mm. You know, why do you think that is? You know, it's, it's all leading somewhere. Wow. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, the Bible is full of prophecy about Israel and Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, we kind of know that Israel itself is um, is sort of God's time clock. Hmm. It's kind of the thermostat, right? Sure. And what are some of the different prophecies that you are looking at right now as you've studied Jerusalem and Israel in depth? What are some of the ones that you're watching? And what are some of the ones that pe- people living in Israel themselves are watching? Because... Yeah, it, you know it, it's funny. Um, as we can sit back and we can we can read a lot of this and go, well, that makes perfect sense. Most of Israel is is a secular nation, and so um, I, I had, uh, in fact, I write about it a little bit in Jerusalem Rising. The uh, I, I had a. Uh, uh, a phenomenal adventure photographer by the name of Eden Ram, is- Israeli guy. He actually was born in California, but moved as a young as a young boy to Israel, and and um, secular family, but just you know loves being in the land and just there's this whether people have a a, a cognitive spiritual belief or not, Jewish people are being pulled to back to the land, wow. mm-hmm. and which is really fascinating. Um, when it's, it's also actually what. Uh, Ezekiel talks about. Ezekiel talks about that that he's going to bring them all back to the land and then he's going to pour out his spirit on them. And so the fact that a bunch of secular Israelis who don't really give much thought to their spiritual history are all somehow in their heart being pulled back from all these nations back to one particular location, you know, it's exactly what Ezekiel said. He's going to bring them all back and then he's going to pour out his spirit. So the fact that Israel is being revived now is not because of any type of spiritual renaissance or spiritual revival, but God is keeping his word. And so uh, he's keeping his word to his people and as a demonstration to to those that, you know, that God fulfills his word. He's doing exactly what he says he will do. And if God will fulfill his word to his people through his scriptures, that's a pretty good indication that he'll keep his word to you and I. You know, that he is faithful. He will keep his word. And so, to me, there's there's just so much that has has been happening, and and with with um, with Ed and I, I write a little bit about it in there that we had this conversation at a at a coffee shop talking about how that uh, Isaiah eleven eleven says that um, says that he's going to regather his people back to the land a second time. Uh, which is pretty amazing because when Ezekiel, or sorry, when Isaiah was first saying that, uh, they hadn't been they hadn't been scattered the first time. So the the, the first time they go to you know either Assyria or to you know scattered throughout uh, the Babylonian Empire, <clears throat> and then they come back. They're there for a few hundred years in the time of Jesus and then the Romans, and then eventually you know the temple's destroyed in 70 A.D. and they're scattered a second time. So Isaiah is saying that God is going to regather them a second time. So since the Romans, when is the second regathering? The second regathering is happening now, uh, thousands of years after Isaiah prophesied it. And so I'm having this conversation with Eden, who's not, you know, not so much of a religious or a spiritual guy, kind of putting those pieces together. And I say, so isn't it amazing that Isaiah spoke it 
most likely we're sitting at a uh, outside in a coffee shop on a on a photo break, like just taking a break, having a you know having a coffee, <laughs> putting our feet up a little bit. And I said, isn't it amazing that Isaiah probably prophesied that very thing in this city? And here you and I, I my family history is is Jewish as well. I said here you and I as you know Jewish guys are having a coffee in a revived Jerusalem after God has brought our people back to the land a second time. And so I, I write about that in just sort of our little you know, encounter in there. I threw, throughout the book, I have uh, these little clips of, called personal encounters of people that I ran into or just like these types of conversations that, mm. that um, just give sort of a, a very real human flavor to the things that are happening in Jerusalem. Um, but to me, those are, those are really the, the real special elements is that, you know, uh, of just whether it's tour groups or, or even a lot of Israelis. I mean, I, I have these conversations with, Israelis of going like you know like these are these are our prophets like these are these Jewish prophets they they already told us all the stuff that we're living in right now mm. wow you know you mentioned so many of them have something in their hearts that's bringing them back to the the country of Israel and J- Jerusalem is not always spoken of as a very peaceful place you know there's three major <laughs> religions that claim <laughs> Jerusalem and so tell us a little bit about that, you know, obviously, if more and more Jews are coming back, that's potentially creating more conflict uh, among Muslims and uh, and among Christians. Hmm. And so what does that look like from a, on a day-to-day level, you know, just the conflict? We see it in the news, but can you tell us from, as a person that's been there and, and spent a considerable amount of time, hmm. tell us a little bit about that conflict and also if there's, what, what the perception is of more and more Jews returning Home. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as I know this is on podcast, but I'm going to flip through the book and I'm going to get your reaction to to some photos sure. uh, as we're talking. But you know, one of the one of the stunning things here is that um, you know Mark Twain goes through this land in 1867 and he talks about it being empty and being a dump. In um, 1844, which is one of the oldest photos. Uh, ever taken of Jerusalem, there was a census that was done by by the Turkish Empire, the Ottoman Empire, uh, that uh, that said there were fifteen thousand people living in in Jerusalem uh, between Christians, Muslims, and Jews, and it was a Jewish majority. So, a hundred and seventy-five years ago, during a Muslim rule of uh, four hundred years of, of of Turkish Muslim rule, or what was Ottoman at that time, there was still a Jewish majority. Mm. In Jerusalem in 1844. So Jews and, and Christians and Muslims have gotten along just fine. So one of the most contested spots on earth that you hear a lot about in the news, and I, we have this conversation with people that come, is that um, uh, come to Israel on Ezra Adventures, is that we, we kind of start by, it becomes a joke, but we say, you know, stop watching the news because quite literally what you see on the news is wrong. Like mm. it, it's not even just a little distorted, it's just wrong. In terms of of what the conflict is, and <clears throat> there are a lot of communities, even today throughout Israel, that Jews and Arabs get along great. They're friends. They work together. Their kids play together. They 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 have these communities. But what I want to show you is a photo of uh, of an area just outside the Temple Mount. And I'll I'll turn it around here. And this is a this is an old photo from June 1933 that I got from the is the Israel uh, uh, Antiquities Authority, and. 
what that is what this photo is showing from 18 from 1933 so this is less than 100 years ago this is just outside oh the, the the temple the mount difference. and literally if if this photo would expand out if if you would from this angle if you would turn 90 degrees you would be looking at the alaska mosque wow. so quite literally outside the mosque like what what do you see here Dilapidation. Yeah, just crumbling. Yeah, crumbling walls. But, and, and but to me, uh, and but what this actually is right in here, you're absolutely right. That that's absolutely true. But this right here, this is a this is a a, a, a field that was being used for cucumbers and cabbages. Oh. Nope. So so quite literally. And and now on the and the new photo here, this is from 2019. Now it's an archaeological park. Um, I mean, just tremendous history that they found after they dug down through this. So. Mm. My point is, is in eighteen in 1933, um, nobody cared about Jerusalem's holy sites. They, it was literally a farm outside of the Alaska Mosque. They were doing cucumbers and 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 cauliflower. <laughs> and so, wow. you know, so you know, when when you know, with you know, respect to whoever says whatever, the fact is, is that when you have Muslims, that, you know, Muslim clerics will get on and say Jerusalem's always been a holy site. No, it hasn't. I have a, I've got photos in Jerusalem Rising that shows it being a dump. Like nobody was taking care of it. Mm. And so, you know, so as far as you know, I'll give you a few others here. This is this right here. This is the Al, that's the that's one of the domes of the Alaska Mosque. This is on page 132 of Jerusalem Rising. This is this is cauliflower being grown. And so there's a quote here from Charles Warren in 1867, and he says, cauliflowers, grown to an enormous size in great profusion on the slopes of the Ophel, the finest I've ever seen. Which, which is, which at that time, again, it was, it's literally on the other side of the wall, and it's, it's not, no one is caring for it. Sure. Mm. No, no, one, no one's yeah. taking care of it. Nobody cares. Uh, wow. Now, in, wow. in, uh, in then in um, 1967, then when, uh, yeah, go ahead, please, page through. Wow. And in 1967, then, when, um, when Jordan attacks Israel during the Six-Day War, Israel then um, ends up with, uh, with all of Jerusalem and what was biblical Judea and Samaria, things began to, began to change uh, in terms of arguments and who, who was having problems and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, going back to this time, I mean, there, there's historical documentations of you know, of these communities, you know, getting along quite well. So yes, and so that's not to say that there is no conflict. Yes, there is conflict, but the real conflict, when it boils down to it, is really coming more from Islam than it is from Arabs in general. Most Arabs want to, you know, enjoy good food and raise your children and laugh. And I mean, they're people are people. Mm -hmm. um, where the problem comes is when you have fundamentalists uh, in Islamic, you know, um, that uh, Islamic issues, whether that's be within the Palestinian Authority, Hamas, Hezbollah, whatever, um, that says Jews can't live here. And so what's amazing to me is that, again, if we're, if we're talking from a spiritual sense, <clears throat> you have one of the most repeated promises in the scriptures being fulfilled. And at the same time, you have this rise of a radical Islam that says kill all the Jews. And so quite literally, and this is a different conversation for a different podcast probably, but there is a direct correlation between the establishment of the state of Israel and, and the return of the Jewish people to the rise of a violent radical Islam. So mm -hmm. 100 years ago, 150 years ago, you know, Islam was not a thriving 
angry religion. There was portions of it, yes. There was always sort of a radicalized portion, um, but not on the grand scale that we're seeing now. And one of the tipping points is, in my mind, has everything to do with you know, with the nation of Israel, with the return of the Jewish people, but even more so if we talk about, you know, very clear black and white, you know, you know the God having a plan and the enemy opposing his plan. Again, mm-hmm. one of the most repeated promises, God bringing his people back, restoring the land, restoring the city. And Zechariah, again, we're talking even Old Testament, Zechariah talks about the Messiah putting his feet on the Mount of Olives and entering Jerusalem, a Jewish Jerusalem, to defend his people. So... Jerusalem is, you know, is being restored. The people are returning. The conflict is increasing. You know, again, what do you think is coming next? You know, according to the prophets, a Messiah is arriving. The Messiah is arriving. Jesus, you know, we we know again from the book of Acts, you know, when the angels say he's coming back to the same spot that you saw him go up from, that was on the Mount of Olives. That's exactly what Zechariah said. You know, these are all very literal, tangible locations. And in... Jerusalem Rising were able to, even if you've never been there, of course, you were able to put not only just visual documentation of what the city looks like, but, you know, what did it look like in in this one photo here from 1910, 1920? We have, uh, again, in Jerusalem Rising, we recreated some of the oldest photos of Jerusalem ever taken from, uh, let me find a couple of them for you here, from 1844. The, the difference of 175 years. Here's some of the some of these old photos from mm. 175 years, but w- I want to show you what some of them look like side by side as we page through here. With some of them, here's one. Here's one from the from the Jaffa Gate. Wow, listeners, oh, the, wow. the the contrast shown in in, in this book is, is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. And the, and the photography from from current is just it's second to none. Wow, amazing! And so while it's a you know it's a good coffee table size book and a lot of people use it for that and um, but it's really um, intended to be more than just then and now photography. It is you know what I like to consider you know we're we're in the process of documenting visually through a through a modern lens. We're able to document these ancient biblical prophecies to say, you know, with a bunch of history throughout the book, of course, to say nothing like this has ever happened before, but it's happening right now. Here are the photos. Wow. And never in in Israel rising, in Jerusalem rising, the the two photo books, I, I never make the statement of like, this is that, but... You know, I, I like to kind of leave it open for my for my readers or for those that are paging through, saying this is what was prophesied 2,600 years ago. This is what the the city looked like prior to 1967 or in the late 1880s. This is what it looks like now. Nothing like this has ever happened before, and you can decide if what we're seeing now is what was talked about previously. Wow, mm. so good. Yeah, these photos are just outstanding. Um, just the contrast that we've been looking through in the last few minutes. Um. Of course, it's full of beautiful photos. Yeah. But are there uh, are there any that stick out to you from a personal standpoint of, you know, you've experienced something there or there's something special um, that sticks out? To you? Are, there, is, are there any locations in Jerusalem 
that are documented here that you have a special just feeling towards where you maybe heard God or some kind of revelation came. Can you speak to, to that? You spent a lot of time in Israel. So could you share some of that with our listeners? Yeah, one of the most, and I'm, I'm paging through here to, to give you a visual of uh, one of the most special um, aspects and of, uh, gosh, there's, a, there's so many of them here, but there <laughs> is, is one of them from 1844. And what's amazing to me and I, I enjoy history and I, I didn't put some of this history in here because I, I felt like it would go in a different, uh, in a little bit of a different direction. Um, but in 1844, it, during the, in Istanbul, a world away, um, is, uh, an Ottoman Sultan who is, here we go. Now we're getting a little closer. <laughs> An Ottoman Sultan is is changing some things around. He's trying to modernize the the Ottoman Empire, and um, and he orders a census. I mentioned earlier in 1844 he orders a census that says that there's 15,000 people in Jerusalem. Here, this is the photo I'm looking for. <clears throat> so so this is a photo that was taken in 1844, and so there is a there is a French wow. guy in Paris who about the same time, 18. 1840s was learning this new style of photography called the the daguerreotype style photography, which is is the actual photo that you're looking at here. And it was done on on uh, on these plates where you would slide in and you know, put some iodine and some other you know, mercury and some other things on it that would you know, kind of burn these plates. Mm-hmm. And he goes on this long adventure from I think it was from uh, 1840 to 1844 all through. Uh, what's now Syria and Israel and Egypt, just documenting for the first time ever. He happens to land in Jerusalem in 1844 at the exact same year that a mile away, or I say a mile away, years, you know, uh, light years away, I should say, this Ottoman sultan in Istanbul is ordering a census of the, of the Ottoman Empire, which includes Jerusalem at that time. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. why, I'm, why I'm putting that together is that when we look at these photos from 1844, you can know, according to Ottoman census, that there's only 15,000 people living in this city right now. Wow, mm-hmm. like a to small that. town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, I mean, that's, we're in Nashville right now. That's like a suburb of Nashville, right? Right, right. I mean, that's kind of like there's <laughs> nothing there. And so for me, one of those, these special moments is that this was right before... Uh, this was right uh, 20, 30 years before a larger immigration of the Jewish people started returning. So it's almost like God is giving us a visual baseline of this is what the city actually looked like before the Jewish people started returning in mass numbers. Mm -hmm. So we found the actual rock outcropping. This is taken from the exact location as this. We found the actual rock outcropping where this French guy from literally 175 years ago, imagine a camera equipment in these big cases. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he, it wasn't just him, like, carrying around something in his pocket, you know? It's, uh, he's Not an carrying, iPhone. <laughs> right, exactly. He's, he's got these huge trunks, and it's heavy, and it's, you know, it's cumbersome, and, and mm. you know, it's, it's not like take a couple shots and figure out which one's the best one. I mean, it's, you set it up, and you've got one shot, and you're going to do it. Working with mercury, too, which is, you know, a whole other thing. Right, and, <laughs> and the exposures were, like, sometimes two, three minutes, depending on how bright it was. I mean, it's just, it was all these crazy wow. calculations. So that we found, like, this little, this, the exact rock outcropping of where this guy would have set up his camera gear and we were able to you know take our whatever it was canon or nikon or whatever you know, edin was shooting with and take like
like 50 pictures while this one guy was just you're trying to set it up just to see what he can get mm. so to me this that that whole connection of of history to me was really special mm. uh, aside from the fact that how god works in history is that an ottoman sultan a world away and a french photographer another world away collide in you know around jerusalem in 1844 to provide us documentation wow. of a baseline of what god was about to do in the city good. to be able to come back here and then to find the exact location and reshoot those angles mm. um you know today there's over a million people living in jerusalem like wow. in all the surrounding areas like you know israel in, in jerusalem proper i guess you could say um so, I mean, that's just, again, when the scriptures talk about God multiplying his, his people on, back on the land and the waste and forgotten cities being rebuilt, you guys are literally looking at one of the waste and forgotten cities that has been rebuilt and God multiplying his people on a city that he has chosen to be his home, according to Psalms. Mm-hmm. And so, again, for me, these were some really, uh, there were some really special moments for me. And I, again, loving history and kind of being there and putting all those pieces together. Um, you know, as far as I know, these these photos have never been recreated. So, you know, to to be on the same spot and be doing like some historical work, they're recreating these photos for the first time, documenting it, putting the pieces together for, you know, for uh, for readers or viewers or for you know people you know in, in the in the future to not just say okay the the city's cool, but to be able to document that God is doing exactly what He said He would do. It's true. Here, mm. Here's the photos. Here's the pictures. Wow. Amen. Wow. So, s- for s- for the for the listener who buys the book and and says, "Wow, I need to go to Israel." Mm-hmm. the next step is to to book a tour. Absolutely. And Ezra Adventures is is probably a, a good place to start as a as a tour uh, leader, as a person who is intimately involved with with Israel and and knows Israel well. Like, is there a place, are there some places that you just love um, to go and share with um, with others and, like, that you just love to see their their first-time reactions to something? Can you list a couple of those? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's two of them right off the bat. I mean, one of them is, is Jerusalem. I mean, you, everybody's been sure. reading about Jerusalem. I mean, everything that's ever happened in Jerusalem. Um, it's not unusual for somebody to get the first glimpse of the old city and just cry. Uh, the uh, the second place, and it really could even be the first place, especially for for believers, is when when we put you on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, mm. that that wrecks people. And and again, we're, this is a sort of a a, a, a different topic, but two thirds of the ministry of Jesus happens on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. So I can put you on a boat and you know, head in that direction and say like, you know. 26 of the 34, 35 recorded miracles in the Bible happened right here in front of you. And so I've, I've had like these, um, you know, dare I say these, these hardened, crusty pastors <laughs> who have you know, been in seminary, you know, you know, led a church for 30, 40 years or whatever that have just, you know, they've done ministry for a long, long time and they, they know what they know. And they, you know, I, I've seen guys like that just break down and weep, mm. like wow. just, and, and see from, from that moment like that moment on the trip and not that these guys were bad guys at all, but you know, the people sure. sometimes, you know, they come with certain ex- expectations or whatever. And, and there's just times where, I mean, it's like times like that in life where, you know, God meets you wherever and it just sort of wrecks you and, you know, everything kind of gets recalibrated. Uh, that happens a lot up in, up in the Galilee and on the sea of Galilee. Th- those are probably my, my top two is the, is the, the sea of Galilee area. Um, 
and uh, you know, in and around the old city in Jerusalem. So for listeners who want to know more, want to get a hold of this book, where can they get a hold of this book and how can they find more about Ezra, Ezra Adventures? Ezra Adventures is easy, EzraAdventures.com. Uh, we are doing um, biblical tours, uh, or we, we our tagline is Exploring Biblical Lands, uh, which involves uh, Israel, Jordan, and Turkey. We've been in, uh, mm. in fact, we've got a, a group that's uh, this fall will be heading into Turkey for a little while, and we've been doing some groups there, which has been really beautiful. That's like the Book of Acts coming alive. Mm. Um, and so, um, but EzraAdventures.com is where the trips are, where you can find out about the trips. With, uh, with Israel Rising or Jerusalem Rising, you can find that at DougHershey.co or Amazon or really anywhere the books are sold. Um, and also, for those of your listeners that are interested in, in prophecy and prophecy being fulfilled on DougHershey.co, the, there's, a, there's an online course of the Ancient Prophecy Modern Lens series where I took, where I actually shot it in Israel. So it's on location. I took 10 prophecies. It's called 10 Prophecies Fulfilled in Your Lifetime. Mm. And so you can go on the website. You can, you can uh, purchase the, the online course. And if, if you watch the whole thing beginning to end, it's probably, it's probably a little over two hours. And it comes with my teaching notes and, uh, and the different references. And so literally going to the spots in kind of like Ezra Adventures. Kind of we go to the locations, we read the scripture, and then we talk about, like, this is what has happened in the land at this particular spot since the time of... You know, whoever spoke it. So that's also on DougHershey.co. But the the books are, um, you know, Amazon. You know, on my website, really anywhere. So at Tyndale.com. Tyndale's the publisher. They've been they've been really great. And uh, yeah, come find it. Awesome. We'll make sure we have those in the show show notes for you listeners. Doug, what a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you yes. so much for uh, being obedient and just being able to document things that m- most people would miss but your your careful eye and documentation has, has captured for all of us thank you so much thank thanks you. for having me on